Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hope you all had a great Christmas time. How many of you have kind of set traditions that you do kind of leading up to Christmas and after Christmas? One of the one of the things that I do all the time after Christmas, what the Bobar household does, is we just kind of go through our gifts. And we have three kids, and one of the things we do is we just try to put the gifts away. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, just try to find a new spot for the gifts, and you kind of go through your own. And I wanted to show you guys one of the gifts that I came across when unpacking. How many of you have seen these before? Okay, actually, I can't see you because these glasses actually point downwards. These are called lazy glasses, okay? So this is for those of you who want to be able to lie down and not have to put your head up. So I could, I could just lie down and read a book like this. And it, and it works great. I mean, it, it works great for, for reading. The only thing is, if I try to, like, grab other things, like, it's kind of disorienting. It distorts your view, and it's disorienting. And I was thinking about this message in this last year and this coming new year, and it dawned on me that this is a really good metaphor for last year. Our vision of the world was distorted, and it led to being disoriented. How many of you can relate to that? Okay. I, I know of uh, a really good friend who said that her entire worldview had been challenged. Everything she thought she knew had been challenged. Doesn't mean that she thought she was wrong. It's just her worldview was challenged. And maybe you had a similar kind of experience. So what, what's been most difficult for you in this last year? For me, it's been seeing a lot of the suffering and the death that's come uh, through COVID. Uh, it's just weighed really heavily on me. Another part's been the, the, just the sense of isolation, not being able to see uh, as many friends and family as much as I was used to, not being able to see as many of you. You guys are my family, my community that I've known for so many years, and not being able to see you all as much has, has really been hard. It's been difficult. I've been wanting to hug you guys, <laughs> not being able to. I miss that. I'm an I'm a, I'm a extrovert. I'm a Physical touch is one of my love languages, so my tank's a little bit lower than usual this, this past year. There's been cultural, political divisions that have weighed on me, that just seeing those worsen or, or crop up. Frustrated hopes for home life, for work life, for school life, all those things. Every year we do a staff review, and we look back on the year and evaluate and look forward, how can we do things differently and grow, and it was super difficult to do it this year. There was a lot of grief. And it had nothing to do with this church or my work or my boss. It was just with the year. And there was a lot of grief looking back and reflecting on the year. And maybe you have a similar sort of experience. Ultimately, my experience is not the same as yours. But God wants to hear from each and every one of us what it's been like. I want to follow up on Pastor Peter's message of fist-shaking faith, of still encouraging you to cry out to God. And I think that this disorienting experience that comes from a distortion of our view of the world is common. 
I think maybe most people have experienced it one way or another. How many of you have heard of the Bible app Uversion before? Maybe some of you uh, use that on a regular basis. Every year they do a verse of the year. And I found it really interesting what they said about this year's verse. In a year marked by uncertainty and turmoil, more people than ever turned to the Bible for hope. In fact, the Uversion community completed nearly 600 million searches within the app in 2020. Get this, an 80% increase over the previous year. With record-breaking levels of Bible engagement in the app this year, the 2020 Uversion verse of the year is Isaiah 41, verse 10. This is a verse that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to his people in exile in the 6th century. And he continues to speak to you and me. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I want you to hear that again. This is God speaking to you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. As we begin 2021, I want to encourage us to see clearly again, to take off the glasses that have been distorting our view of Jesus as Lord. He is still Lord. He's still in charge. He's still with us. He's still there to strengthen and help and help us. There's been this idea, this hope, this, this promise almost that 2020 will be done and 2021 will suddenly be better. Like it's this magic switch almost for, for some. Well, looking back on 2020, there are still some things that we can be thankful for. God is, was still with us. He was still Lord. And on the flip side of things, while it seems like 2021 might be better in some regards, we still have some challenges ahead of us. And so as I was praying, thinking about this first message for 2021, I want us to go back to some of the first things of our faith. First things first. And one of our values as a church is being Christ-centered. One of our seven values. The Christ-centered value is that all that we are and all that we do is in response to and for the glory of Jesus Christ. All that we are and all that we do is in response to and for the glory of Jesus Christ. And the passage that Mary read, Colossians 3, 15 through 17, is a great passage to get Christ-centered for us as a church in 2021 to start off the year with a renewed vision of Jesus as Lord. Because the Colossian believers were having a distorted vision of Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we're off on like some false teaching like they were, but maybe our vision of Jesus as Lord is being clouded a little bit by our experiences of life. In each verse, there's something named about Christ. We hear about the peace of Christ. We hear about the word of Christ and the name of Christ. And so this is where we're going this morning. We're going to talk about living under the peace of Christ, living by the word of Christ, and living for the name of Christ. And we'll spend most of our time on those first two things. So Jesus is still Lord and calls us to live under his peace. Listen to the good news in verse 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were indeed called in one body and be thankful. 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is the first of the first things that I want to talk about this morning. This first thing about being Christ-centered. Now, I want to say right off the bat that each verse in this passage is about us together. It's a corporate calling. The you and the yours there are all plural. It's you all. It's not just Frank individually and Mary individually and Ray individually. No, it's all of us together are called to live this out. In other words, Jesus calls us to live this out together. I can't do this without you. You can't do this without me. So look around at one another, okay? Take some time to look around. If you at home, look around at your family if if you're with them. Look around. This is to all of us together. We all need one another to do what Jesus is calling us. Now, you may hear this as something that's difficult and burdensome. Oh, great. Dean's really ramped up about 2021. He's going to lay a burden on us. But notice the grammar here. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's not like we need to go get Christ to be at work. He says, let the peace of Christ. We just have to let Jesus do his work. He is ruling. But will we let his peace rule in our hearts? In Ephesians 4, 3, this is how Paul puts it. He says, maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Maintain it. We don't make the peace of Christ this unity, but we maintain it. We just have to not mess it up, so to speak. Jesus calls us to be one body. He says, to which you are called to be one body. It's not you are called to be a bunch of bodies running around in Huntington Beach and Costa Mesa and Found Valley or wherever we're at. No, we are called as one body to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. So how do we actually do this? What does this look like? Well, I want to talk about two ways to pursue this. The first is to let the peace with God that we have do its work in our hearts. Think of all the gifts that you unwrapped or opened up in a Christmas bag this, this last Christmas. Go ahead, th- think through s- some of them, okay? They don't do you any good. You can't enjoy them unless you unwrap them. Unless you actually take the time to receive the gifts. Friends, we unwrap the gift of peace through Christ, through the blood of his cross, through faith. But we have to go back to the gift and keep on receiving, keep on relying on it. The peace of Christ rules in our hearts. The, the word there is arbitrates. It's, it's an umpire. And so the peace of Christ comes and it says, calm down, Dean. Calm down. Submit to me. Know that I am in charge. The peace of Christ umpires in our hearts when we have conflict and says, Peter, forgive the brother or sister that hurt you. I'm just picking on Peter because I know he can take it. And I, we all have those things that, that maybe, you know, we, we have something that we have, we've been hurt by someone else in the church. Or maybe we, we have this sense of conflict. The peace of Christ comes and says, forgive, reconcile, make things right, talk things through. So that's first. Let the peace of Christ do its work in your heart. The second thing is learn humility from Jesus because God doesn't just give us the gift of peace. He also teaches us the way of Jesus, the way of peace. And this comes through humility, which is not thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. Do you notice the difference there? It's not that we make ourselves a doormat, but we think of ourselves less often. 
And Paul gives us, I think, the clearest roadmap, and I know which is one of uh, Pastor Peter's favorite passages in Philippians 2. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. It's not that they're actually more significant. No, we're all of equal value in God's sight. But count them as more significant in your relationships. Let yourself serve God and be focused not only on your own interest, but also the interest of others. So Paul says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is the way of peace, humility before God and with one another. So we receive the gift of peace and we walk in the way of peace. During 2020, our vision may have been distorted in terms of the importance of being connected to one another as the body of Christ. We might have focused on being connected virtually and there's still connection there, but maybe not having those connections or it not being as easy to stay connected might have distorted our vision of who we are as the body of Christ. The temptation might have been to think, I can do this on my own. I can be a Christian Lone Ranger. But Paul says to all of us, be thankful. To respond together to God's good gifts. And one of those gifts is to be the body of Christ. You are gifts to one another. Look around again. These are gifts to one another. Think if you're at home and you're not able to come home, think of those people that you can stay connected with through calling, through emails, through Zoom. You are gifts to one another as the body of Christ. Be thankful for that. Receive them. Unpack the gifts. We miss out on all that God has for us if we venture out alone on the way of Jesus. Stay connected with one another, even when it's difficult, even when there might be some sense of divisiveness because the brother and sister in Christ that I know is a Democrat and I'm a Republican, or I'm an independent and that person's a Republican or whatever. We need to stay connected to one another. We together are the body of Christ. We are called to let the peace of Christ rule among us and to be thankful for all that God has for us. And the good news is that Jesus is much more concerned about this peace, this wholeness in our hearts and in our church than we are. We just need to get out of the way. Let him do his work. Trust in him. Submit to what we know he's calling us to do. So what else is Jesus up to? Well, we get another let in verse 16. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Jesus is still Lord, and he's calling us to live by his word, to let his word dwell in us richly, or to dwell largely or abundantly. It means making a lot of space for the word of Christ. And what is this word of Christ? Another way to translate it is the message about Christ. I think Paul's talking about both the whole Bible and the good news of Jesus, this good news message that ushers us into relationship with God through his son. It's the whole scriptures read through this gospel lens where we see how the whole Old Testament leads up to Jesus and the good news about him, and the whole New Testament flows out of that good news. So let that word dwell in you richly and abundantly, largely. And there's two ways that Paul highlights for us for this to happen, for us to live by Christ's word. 
The first way is wisdom. Wisdom, Christ's word at work among us. The word of Christ guides us as we teach and admonish one another. Teach and admonish. Teaching is, here's the truth about Christ, here's the way of Christ, go do it. Admonishing one another is when we are going off from the truth and way of Christ. Saying, you know what? I think you're a little off track. And it's not easy to do. We do it in humility and with a little bit of trembling before God. But that's what God calls us to do together as his people. And this is why it's so important to be connected in a life group or some other group like that during this time. In three weeks, we're going to start our winter quarter. And I want to encourage you to reach out and get connected into a life group. In the next couple weeks, we're going to have some opportunities and ways to get connected. If you're here and want to get connected, come talk to me afterwards. This is so important for us to receive the word of Christ together, to let that wisdom do its work. Christ's word dwells in us richly when we are guided into this wise living. During 2020, there have been some new and complex situations that we've had to face, to put it mildly, right? And maybe our vision has been distorted. Maybe we've been looking out and been trying to kind of grasp at, God, what would you have me do in this situation? One question that Sarah and I have faced is, how do we balance our family's emotional well-being and protecting others? How do we do both of those things well? And maybe you've had similar kinds of questions. Maybe you face some difficult questions that require God's wisdom for, how do we make it this month financially? How do I have that difficult conversation with this other person at work that sees things differently right now? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. God, Christ is ready there to speak if we'll let him speak into our lives through his word. So that's the first way, wisdom. The second way is worship, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. So this is taking the words of Christ and sending them back to God. Christ's word dwells in us richly when it prompts us to give us the words to praise God. And Paul lays out for us a variety of ways to worship. He talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms are those 150 written psalms, I think, in the Old Testament, which we'll be going through twice this next year and walk through the New Testament. These are God's prayers and, worships and worship songs of the people of God that we can offer up. Then there's hymns. These are written pieces ahead of time. We've been singing hymns this morning. And then finally, there's spiritual songs. This seems to be when the Spirit of God prompts you to just cry out in praise in the midst of worship. Have you ever had that happen? Where in your heart or, or you just have a song, a, a melody, a line on your heart to just cry out to God? If you sense that happening in the midst of worship, let it out. It's not about sounding good. It's about letting the joy of worship be expressed to our God. And I'm speaking to myself there as well. And whatever we're singing as we're worshiping in song, Paul says to do it with thankfulness in your heart. Notice he said thankfulness three different times in this passage. In fact, Colossians is just filled with it. It's, a bunch, it's all over the place. Because we need to see rightly who Jesus is and respond. So Christ's word dwells in us richly when we get the words of our praise from his word and respond to him. We get the script, if you will. 
We're created to worship God, to dwell in his presence, to give thanks and glory to him. And God's word ushers us into his presence. He tells us about who he is and what he's done. And he even gives us the words to praise him. So how can you deepen your worship of God in song and in prayer in 2021? As we're making our way through walk through the New Testament, one of the ways that I'm looking forward to going through those sections of scripture is to have my heart and my language formed and shaped as I go through the Psalms. Take on this language of prayer and worship. Learn from David and all these other people who wrote the Psalms. What are some of the words that I can use to to praise and pray to God? For centuries, God's people have utilized the Psalms as a script for prayer and praise. If you don't know what to pray sometimes, just go to the Psalms. It's about halfway through your Bible and just start reading through them. And God will give you a whole bunch of prayers to pray. It's everything from the highest praise of God and joy to the lowest lows of God. Where are you? I'm crying out. I need your help and everything in between. God wants to meet us where we're at. And he gives us even the words to praise and to pray him, pray to him. Jesus is still Lord. He's calling us to live under his peace by his word. And then finally in verse 17, for his name. First, to be re-centered to this reality of Jesus as Lord, we also need to be reminded of our mission from God. Jesus has a mission for us to a lost and hurting world. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I used to always think this was just about every, everyday life kind of stuff. And I think it's about that. But what I really think Paul is talking about is being sent out into the world in the name of Jesus. Because we all know that when we're interacting with one another as God's people, we're, we know we're supposed to be, if we've been in the church while acting in the name of Jesus. I don't need to go up to Robin and say, you know what, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to talk to you about this. No, she already knows that that's what we're supposed to be doing together. No, it's about going, I think, mainly about in the name of Jesus out to a lost and hurting world. During 2020, most of us experienced, I think, a shrinking of our relationships and opportunities. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That sense that I can't see as many people, I can't do as much stuff as I, as I did before. And I think that's clouded our vision. We've maybe thought, Jesus, you can't work as much through me as you could have at the beginning of 2020 or in 2019 or as I had hoped at work or at home or amongst my friends. But Jesus still sends us out as his ambassadors. He's still sending us out to love others in his name, love others as, as he would have us love him, love them if he were in our shoes to share the gospel, to get the word out about him. He is still sending us. Jesus is still Lord and still at work right where you're at. In fact, there might even be some new opportunities that weren't there before. And I'm not just trying to to kind of gloss over things, but I think people are more aware of their needs maybe than ever before in certain situations. People are open to help. People are open to the gospel maybe more than they ever had been before. Jesus is still Lord. He's still at work. Friends, let us get a clear vision of who Jesus is as our Lord. 
He's calling us to live under his peace. He's calling us to live by his word and he's calling us to live for his name. Would you join me in prayer? Living Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us, that you are Lord, that you are in charge, that you have so many good gifts. Lord, help us to be thankful to receive these good gifts. And Lord, help us to be a people that's defined by your wisdom, by your worship, a people who goes out in your name to a lost and hurting world. And Lord, now we come to your table ready to receive once again your good gifts. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons or to subscribe or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpc.org.